0: Welcome to They Get It. My name's Kelsey and my co-host Emma and I love direct to consumer brands. Whether it's an amazing customer experience or a really killer social strategy, this podcast will feature the brands and founders who just get it. You guys, we have some exciting news this week. Woohoo!
1: Who's going to say it, Kelsey? Do you want to? No, I think you should do it. Okay, well, you guys are the first to know because you're our actual friends. We are now signed to a podcast network. So <laughs> I probably just blew
0: the speakers. But you guys, this is something Emma and I need to like have a little pinch me moment. I think when we were building out our plans for the podcast, being signed to a network was literally not even our in our first what like two years plans. And we've been doing this for less than a year and this I think obviously it's early days, but I think this is just a testament to when you click with people, you know, and
1: when you know, you know. And when you get it, you get it. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's what okay. I should have said.
1: <laughs> yeah, so but... go ahead. There you go.
0: Okay, so I was just going to tell a little bit of like the story Around how this even came to be. So um, there's another company here in Toronto. They're called Babe Creative. Well, they were. Um, that's that's one part of the business. And we had the founder, her name's Kyla on as a guest in one of our episodes. And then what a lot of people don't hear is after the recording ends, it is not uncommon for us to just keep chatting with these guests for a long time afterwards. And I don't even think we understood when we booked Kyla originally. I don't even think we we knew how aligned we were as, like, owners of, of these um, different businesses. And it wasn't until that conversation afterwards where we're like, this actually clicks. There's something here.
1: Yeah, completely. Because, yeah, Kyla's whole mission with Babe Creative is, like telling great stories for female founded brands, helping them get paid, helping them get their message out there. Um, And she's now built that out with Babe Media as well. So they do model management, influencer management, talent management and podcasting, such as what we're doing with them. Um, And they're really all about amplifying women's voices and helping them get paid. (laughs) And we were like, oh, yeah, we care a lot about that, too can't hate that. that. <laughs> actually, it's really funny because when we
0: interviewed Catherine Helmuth from Sheer text she had a little one-liner that kind of slipped in. And I don't know if people actually heard it, but she said, if you go into a meeting asking with an investor, of course, when you go into a meeting with an investor asking for money, you end up getting advice. However, when you go into a meeting with an investor looking for advice, they end up funding you. And that's just like the, the way these things happen um, and so what's funny to me looking back on our story arc and how this all came to be is we touched base with Kyla again and we're like, there's something here. We don't know what it is, but let's stay close to each other and let's see how we might actually be able to like, help each other. We had no idea this was going to turn into like a podcast network relationship or us working together. We just knew that there was alignment and we wanted to make sure that we held on to that relationship. Well, lo and mm. behold, a couple of months later,
1: here we are. Here we are. So it's an exciting milestone for us. Um, And obviously, this happened because we have people who actually listen to us, which is crazy. Like we have people who like our content and who come back week after week. And it's just, it's really heartwarming. So thank you for the bottom of our hearts for everyone who listens. Um, Yeah, that's the reason we got here. And we're so grateful for you. And we're just excited to see where this keeps going. So It's an exciting milestone. We're soaking it in. Um, I think especially after, you know, the pandemic, you just got to celebrate everything. So we're celebrating this. We're putting it out there. Um, Yeah. Well, one one other thing I'll add is that
0: honestly, time has been a huge constraint for Emma and I. We were working full time. Emma's doing school on the side. And we obviously have this podcast. And so we always felt like there were so many other things we wanted to do and just like couldn't quite honestly. And um, just like being very open and vulnerable with everyone. Like we, we felt like this was just the tip of the iceberg. And now having Kyla and her team help to support with a lot of things. We have a lot of ideas for different channels. We want to open up different types of guests to bring on different types of conversation. And so my call to action for everyone listening is Share your ideas with us. Literally, we get so many DMs of people being like, oh, you should interview this person or, hey, I have questions about this topic. So keep those suggestions and recommendations coming. We've got They Get It 2.0 coming at you and we'll take all of the insight and the suggestions we can get.
1: Yes, we are just getting started. Sure are. We are just getting started. Well, speaking um, of getting started, um, We've got a, a really segue.
0: interesting um, conversation about storytelling coming up today, and it was kind of a spur-of-the-moment decision to talk about storytelling, but too many influences lately. We couldn't pass it up. Yeah.
1: Welcome back to another episode. It's just Kelsey and I today, which, you know, maybe isn't exci- as exciting, or maybe it is. Who knows? Maybe it's more exciting. Maybe it's even more exciting um, probably two business not. moguls, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but today we want to talk about storytelling. Um, as we kind of mentioned in the intro, we recently signed on with management for our podcast, which is super exciting. But it got a conversation going between Kelsey and I in the sense of we just kind of didn't think it was a huge deal. We were super excited. But when we were telling people about it, we were like, oh, you know, yeah, it's exciting, but we weren't really giving ourselves credit for it, um, that this was a, you know. Yeah, or
0: like even other people were freaking out, and we were literally getting them to retract, being like, hey, yeah, it's great, but it's not like a totally different experience, like like kind of temper your emotions, only to realize like, why would we ever do that?
1: Exactly, and yeah, our friends were like, wait a minute, no, this is, huge and you should give yourself credit for this and so that kind of gave us the conversation starter of like it is about the stories you're telling yourself and stories in general how you're putting yourself out there um and then another thing was the kylie series that we both watched
0: and for those of you that don't know what we're talking about Um, It's a YouTube, a three-part series where Kylie literally talks about the genesis of Kylie Cosmetics and kind of the evolution over the last several years of how she's built this billion-dollar business. And so um, it was interesting because, like, everything the Kardashians do, say what you will, but everything the Kardashians do has so much thought and intention and curation put into it it's hard for us not to pay attention. And I think it's really funny. Emma watched it first and like came out into the kitchen and she's like, have you watched this documentary? They're so good at storytelling. They make Kylie look like, you know, so good and perfect and all this stuff. And they do a great job. Even some of the mishaps in building Kylie cosmetics, they do a great job kind of turning it into something
1: that makes her look even better. And so That kind of got the gears turning a little bit. Absolutely. And I think when you think about the Kardashians and their empire, it started with their show. It started with telling, telling stories every day, letting the audience come in and see their life. And they built these brands off these stories they told, which they then built massive massive product companies off of and storytelling is at the root of all of that and it's such an important thing for businesses to be mindful of and to be intentional about what story they're telling um so this episode we're just going to kind of rip through some of our thoughts on that so Mm -hmm. kelsey what makes a story why is it important why should businesses be telling stories
0: well i mean First and foremost, I don't think it's any secret that, like, the psychology of how people retain information is heavily weighted towards stories and allowing people in their minds to kind of frame what's happening. I even remember watching—nobody judge me—I was watching some sort of either documentary or YouTube series. I was down the rabbit hole, and it was the people who had memorized the most numbers of pi. Okay, so these people are in like the hundreds, if not the thousands of digits um, of Pi. And if you ask them how they did it, they created basically little characters for every different number. And in this story of Pi, they had just memorized how these characters were interacting with each other and were able to regurgitate hundreds of, of digits. Like that, if that's not a testament to the power of storytelling, I don't know what is. And obviously, I don't think most of us are reciting Pi off by heart, but I do think all of us have different outlets or opportunities to tell stories. And I think if the end goal is for the other person to receive the information I'm sharing with them, storytelling is kind of a no-brainer.
1: Absolutely. And like you just alluded to, like the facts and the figures and the rational things that we think are important are actually not what sticks in the minds of consumers. Um, And actually what sticks in the mind is those memories that are created by attaching emotion to things that happen. So when brands can do that, obviously you want good numbers, obviously you want the good rational things too, but it's actually probably more indicative of how good are you at telling your brand story and bringing people along for the ride and making them feel emotional about what you're doing because that's actually the point when they're going to become loyal.
0: Totally. Totally. So we did a little bit of research because Emma and I like a good story. I wouldn't say we're just storytelling experts at this point. But we do take notice when we come across someone who just does it so right. And if you strip it, it, it down. USA. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you <laughs> could say. Um, if you strip it down to like the components of a story, and this is something we researched, there are five things that every great story has the first is the characters or are the characters. And I think this is maybe an obvious one. But if you do a little bit more research, it's not just who's involved in the story, but it's how do you describe that person? And how do their actions, experiences and behaviors reinforce what you've described? And so I think, I don't know, my take on the whole Kylie thing was that it felt inauthentic And I kind of felt like a little bit slimy, like I was being sold to um, during this mini docu-series. And I have to wonder if it's because like, she doesn't actually care that much about being cruelty-free or vegan or whatever. And she's been forced to do this because of literal legal action. And so they've created this narrative around this Kylie 2.0, but I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. So maybe it is a discrepancy between who she has been made herself to be and then what this company represents.
1: Yeah. Well, it's also a very good point in that, like, obviously a lot of people tell stories and obviously they have ulterior motives when they're telling these stories. And a lot of times you can pick up (laughs) on that. I mean, you think of politicians and the story they create about their life and what they're going to achieve and why you should vote Mm -hmm. for them and all these sorts of things. A lot of the time you can pick up on when it's not actually authentic. And so I think it's so important for stories to be genuine, authentic, and vulnerable. I think even if it's not a story you've seen told before, even if it's, you know, maybe off the status quo of what you think, um, you know, someone who is starting a brand like you or something would say, people want that. People want that difference and they want mm-hmm. your vulnerability and your authenticity and they can, like, you can pick up on it very easily. I hope
0: I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this, but even if you look at our podcast episodes that hit the best and like that get the most, not only just the most downloads, but who get the, the ones that get shared the most, the ones that we get the most comments about. Um, it's pretty safe to say that they're all when the founder just like went deep and they were raw, they were honest they told kind of the this the version of the story that maybe a PR agency wouldn't be so proud of and it's true when people feel like the people they're listening to are approachable it goes so far in making that message resonate yeah
1: yeah and this honestly this is kind of a tangent but it makes me think of TikTok and I think that's why TikTok's been so successful because you come across things on TikTok and you're like oh my god that person thinks that way too or like they do this too and it's such a juxtaposition to Instagram which is so like posed and I would say very fake versus TikTok is so like, here's this weird thing that I do. And everyone in the comments (laughs) is like, oh, my God, I had no idea. Other people did this. Oh, my God, I know. Literally, they go viral over it. And it's simply because Mm -hmm. they're opening up this app and they're sharing something that might be vulnerable, that they might feel like people are going to think they're weird for, but it actually gets like applauded and celebrated. And it's so cool. It is so cool. And
0: I mean, TikTok is such a good example. I can't believe I didn't think about that in the the context of storytelling before. But even there's a guy, a famous orator, his name is John Maxwell. Um, He's pretty old now, but he's literally built his life teaching people how to communicate um, or his livelihood, I should say. And the first thing he says, because he's like a very well-renowned person, obviously it's kind of intimidating stepping in and, and hearing him speak. And he says the first thing he does is he pokes fun at himself. Every time he gets on stage, because he says people's ability to retain information when they're intimidated or they don't feel a connection to the speaker is micro compared to their potential when they actually feel like this is, you know, another person that's similar to them. And so I thought that was funny. He like literally he'll have messed up something on the travel on the way to all of these speaking engagements. And he opens with whatever he messed up, whether he missed his flight, lost his luggage, spilled a coffee, whatever it is. And he kind of lets people bring their guards down and then he can actually get his point across and actually teach people. But I think it's true. Like this whole
1: polished entrepreneur that has everything figured out. It's not relatable. No, no. People want to hear the actual stories because again, then they can see themselves. Okay. They struggle with that and they still did it. I struggle with this too. doesn't mean I can't achieve something. And I just think you're doing everyone a disservice. If you're hiding those parts of your story in fear or lack of confidence because like if you've achieved something people want to know how people want to know the detail behind it and they're going to listen to what you have to say even if it's something that maybe you aren't proud of or is something you'd want to keep out of your story i would say it's actually a beneficial thing to think about how you can include it
0: oh keep it in what's the worst that could happen (laughs) um the next the next kind of Um, requirement or component, if you will, of a story is the setting. And I think this is interesting because how often do we have like a 15 second video that we need to squeeze everything into and the setting is the first thing to go. Whereas people understand stories best and retain information best when they can follow along sequentially as to what happened and they can kind of picture it in their mind. I think it's very similar actually probably to the fact that people don't retain facts and data, probably very similar with the setting, it allows them to create an anchor point that they can then shape the rest of the story around. And so I actually think it's really fun when founders share like their first apartment or their first warehouse or their first studio, whatever it might be. And you can literally go back and visualize, whoa, they had three girls living in a two bedroom apartment with swimwear stuff everywhere. And it's like, I actually really understand where they were coming from four years ago.
1: And it makes you that much more loyal because you're like, oh, they really did build it from the ground up. It wasn't like... They just got injected with funding or they had a rich dad and they, they just, no, like they literally yeah. did what they had to do with the means they had. They started from the ground up. And I think getting to see that makes it feel so much more attainable because if you were looking at yeah. a big successful company and thinking like, I could never be that, but then they actually broke it down and showed the story and showed those steps, all of a sudden it becomes more attainable.
0: Isn't the the opposite also true? Like if someone is from a well-off family or has entrepreneurs in their family, like would you not rather have them just own up to that through their own storytelling and to say, look, I was so blessed. I was so fortunate to have X, Y, Z. Here's what I'm doing with it. Here's how I'm making good on that versus if they... Well, I mean, Shopify says this best. In the absence of a story, people create their own. And if you're not taking ownership of that narrative, maybe people think you're a spoiled Mm -hmm. brat. Mm -hmm.
1: Exactly. Show them, be honest and let Mm people make their own opinion. But at the end of the day, if you're honest and you're telling your story in the way that feels accurate and good to you, people will also pick up on that.
0: Yeah. The next component is the plot. And this is something that I actually had a hard time drawing back into entrepreneurship and storytelling, which is so funny because it's like literally the genesis of any story have lost the is, plot, girl. <laughs> literally, literally lost that plot. And I don't know. I think this one's interesting because I think it ties in really nicely with the mission of the company. And this is a great opportunity for founders to reinforce why they started what they started and what are they out here trying to do? And I don't think it's any like surprise that the best founders with the best stories are the people who understand that what they're building is bigger than t-shirts or bigger than candles or whatever it is they're selling when they have a mission that's bigger than themselves.
1: It's easy to get bought into that. Oh my gosh, think of midday squares and like yeah. how big they set their goals and they're open about them and like I'm invested now I'm like I want to see if they're going to do that I want to see how they're going to do that they are so good at storytelling if you are looking for a brand that does great storytelling look no further than Midday Squares go watch their IG content go watch, listen yes. to their podcast um, they're so good at getting you bought along for the journey so not only is their product great but like I'm just invested in what they're going to do now.
0: Totally. Shout out Jake. He's absolutely killing it at midday squares. Also shout out Steph G. She's on a weight loss journey right now. And like, obviously we, we get to hype up our own guests. That's why we have a podcast. So don't come at me. Um, but she's just doing such an amazing job. Like literally she built in stealth mode. She was meal prepping. She was doing her thing. And now that she's like, at a point where she feels like she has a handle on it, she's sharing that with her audience. That is not the standard beauty content that most people follow her for, but because they're bought into her and what she's doing and the story she's telling, they're eating mm-hmm. it up.
1: Mm-hmm. And again, she's being vulnerable by putting that out there and she is confident in doing it. And yeah, we love to see it.
0: We love to see it. Okay, the there are two remaining components to storytelling. Um, The next one is conflict, and I actually don't know. um, Maybe I have like a different opinion on this, but when it comes to conflict, I think this is almost as important, if not as important, as the mission. What are we working against, not just what are we working towards or for? And so I actually thought this was really funny in the Kylie documentary. Um, I think we all know Kris Jenner deserves more credit than she gets, even though she gets a lot of credit. I feel like she is just an absolute marketing wizard. Oh, she's um, an incredible businesswoman. You cannot say she. She, like, there will be university courses taught just off I of her take it. Uh, playbook. I would absolutely I would take course. it. course. I would too. Anyways, so she's kind of like this matriarch. She's got everything together. She knows, like, I don't know. I just always feel like she's 10 steps ahead, truthfully. And in this documentary, they didn't quite paint her the same way. They almost had her take on, like, the challenger or like, I don't know, the opposition kind of role in this storyline where I think of a couple examples um, where she wanted, she had one idea for marketing, right? Which is maybe more traditional older old school marketing. And it was actually a storyline underneath this plot where Kylie was like, no, I'm not doing it your way. I'm doing it my way. And they like created a bit of this like mini climax where Kylie had just this clear vision that was so unlike anything else that anyone had other had ever seen and they they used that to reinforce this message that kylie thinks differently which i thought was so interesting first of all that chris would even be down to be kind of cast that way but also that they would take something like chris and kylie's mom and they have such a great relationship then they're clearly like very well off thanks to each other and still pin them against each other a little bit
1: yeah and i think it's probably like they maybe set out with an intention beforehand of like we want to really showcase kylie's business acumen she's been under chris's you know umbrella and people might think that chris is the one who's done all this and she just uses her kids as like the face of the brand and you know so maybe they had set that intention of like here's the message we're trying to get across how can we do that and the way to do that was like create these little conflict moments with chris yeah um and so that actually comes back to something else we were talking about earlier is like setting the intention for, like the why behind your story before you're actually thinking mm-hmm. about what story you're going to tell um, it's like how do you want people to feel how do you want them to take in the story what like how do you want them to experience your brand why is that the story you want to tell and then think about the actual story basically just simon sinek ted talk we've all heard it <laughs> the apple and honestly
0: that video i still think most people should watch that on a recurring basis because it sounds so simple, but in practice, it's so much harder to do. And I even, I'm working on this with my team right now. How do we introduce value selling where you're not just listing features, you're sharing the impact to the person on the other side, right? So not only like, you know, does this feature do this, but you're going to save literal hours of time or you're going to get better, you know, night sleep, whatever it is that is actually going to make that resonate for them. I feel like starting with the why is probably an exercise that companies should spend the most time in, in all of these, like the execution or the how or whatever. I feel like the why deserves the most time and probably gets the least right now.
1: Totally. Like This is a call out for anyone who's listening to this. If you haven't seen Simon Sinek's Start With Why or you haven't seen it in a while, go watch it. It's such a good foundation as to why this is so important. But I think to sum it up, it's like, don't win over the logic brain as much as you're focused on winning over the emotional brain, because once you win over mm-hmm. the emotional brain, that's when you actually, like, have loyalty, have people yeah. invest. I'll, in. link, I'll
0: link to the video in the show notes, yeah. and we'll, we'll make it easy for people to go get a bit of a refresher. Well, guys, we made it to the last component. Not that that's all we're going to talk about, but the last component is the resolution, And I think this also has an interesting application within the entrepreneurial context, because what is the resolution? What is the end goal? If you know that you want to make your company saleable and exit, then that's easy. But what about the people that have huge altruistic missions? The work is never really done. And so the storytelling, I think, needs to be done in the context of a much shorter time period. So not like at the end of your business, what happens, but what about the end of that initial phase mm-hmm. or the end of the next chapter, for
1: example? Yeah, yeah. I kind of want to pivot unless you have more to add on this piece. Do it. Something we were talking about before recording this is, yes, storytelling with your brand is so important and is honestly probably one of the big maker breaks of like how successful your brand is going to be, how much it will grow is how good is your story and how well are you conveying that? But it also you can't forget about the customer experience with that story, because if you're telling a great story and you're painting the picture of why you've built this brand and then your customer experience falls short, whether it's Mm. you're hit with massive duties or shipping charges that the customer didn't know about or the shipping takes forever or um, it's just not an easy UX on the site or you try to reach out for support and you don't get good support, it's going to fall flat. Like your story will only take you so far. You really do have to focus on that unsexy stuff in conjunction with that story to really create an impactful brand, especially in the D2C e-com space. Yeah,
0: it's so true. And actually story
1: time. The reason Emma even thought to bring that up
0: is when we were planning for this episode, we're like, we should have some examples of some really great brands who do a great job at storytelling. And we started to brainstorm like, okay, what do we even know about these brands? I E what stories have they told that actually stuck with us? And we came up with one example. There are women's apparel brand. I won't name any names or anything. Um, but they had built a great story. They had a great mission. They did a good job telling that story. However, people we know who had bought from them had terrible experiences. And instead of being like, oh no, maybe they just made a mistake. Our gut reaction was like, ooh, maybe they're not all that they're cracked up to be. And so I think this is a testament to the customer experience and the details being the most important factor and a story tell, uh, the great storytelling is kind of like a cherry on top.
1: Yes, and the storytelling can be integrated into all parts of your customer experience. Like if you if one of your brand values that you're trying to get across in your story is that you care about the earth and then your shipping is done in a way that is eco-friendly that really ties into your story well if you're saying that you really care about this stuff but then in your customer experience it shows that you don't at all there's going to be that disconnect and that inauthenticity is going to come through so i think it's like at the root of your brand how are you building that story or that message you're trying to get across into everything you do i think seed does this really well the probiotics i get Mm -hmm. and love um they tell an incredible story and all the parts of their brand line up to that. They're really eco-conscious. And so their shipping, they even say your shipping will take longer because we do it in a way that is good for the earth. And Mm. um, all your packaging is compostable and your refills. We're going to send you um, a compostable bag that'll go into the glass jar. So we're not sending you more jars. Like it is baked into everything and it makes them come across as so much more reputable because they care about this and they've made sure that they built this into their brand.
0: Totally. Totally. And I think that, brings up another like interesting point is what types of storytelling works on different platforms or through different mediums. I don't think that there's a blueprint. I don't think that it's like, oh, you know, day to day stories need to live on Instagram stories versus founder stories need to live on podcasts. I don't think it's that black and white. I think you could be creative across platforms, but I think to your point, it can't be one dimensional. You need to be multi-threading, telling the same story in different ways, in different versions to different audiences for people to really buy into what you're saying.
1: Yep. Yep to that. Yep to that. (laughs) It's starting at the top. It's creating that overarching story. And then it's Mm -hmm. how do we communicate this across everything we do? And it's making sure if you have a team that that team is aligned to that bigger vision as well. Um, Yeah. Huge. (sighs) Totally. Um, And then the last thing is especially important, I think, for entrepreneurs or people who are trying to go out and do something is what stories are you telling yourself?
0: This is this is literally probably the thesis of what Emma and I talk about on a daily basis. This comes up a lot. And I think it's proof that there is actually a huge disconnect between the reality of the situation and how we interpret and absorb information. Um, yeah, you have to be really careful. So maybe maybe explain that a little bit more. Um, what do you mean when you say the stories we tell ourselves? Yeah,
1: so I mean, we always have an internal dialogue going. Um, whether we like it or not it's one thing if you're aware of it or not and that's something I think everyone should work on because once you're aware of your internal dialogue you can it doesn't affect you as deeply and you can also work to change it Um, but we tell ourselves stories every day in everything we do and it can impact so much of what will or won't make you successful like if you Mm -hmm. have something go wrong and you're telling yourself, holy shit, I suck, I'm so bad at this, I'm never going to try this again, I'm going to quit, whatever it could be, then yeah, you're probably not going to grow from that experience. But if something goes wrong, and you say, okay, great, I figured out something that doesn't work, I won't do that again. Now I'm going to go try something else. Now, you know, it's nothing to do with me being inherently stupid or bad or anything. (laughs) It's just that this thing didn't work out. And I'm going to get up and try again tomorrow, because I know that it's, you know, consistency and continuing to put yourself out there, things are eventually gonna stick. Yeah. Same situation, two very different outcomes, and it's all based on the story you're telling yourself in your head. I hope this
0: doesn't get too down into the psychology rabbit hole, but this whole idea of like the, the misattribution theory, when something goes wrong, we blame it on ourselves. And if something goes right, we blame it on external factors. or Like we credit external factors. And if us sharing the news about this podcast um, network that we've just joined isn't proof of that, I don't know what is like in our own minds. We're like, Oh, we don't, deserve this. This wasn't us. This happened too fast, whatever it is. And then really like we should own this story. And so that's why this episode maybe wasn't the easiest for Emma and I to record, but we realized that's not the way that it should be. And so we're actively working to get better at telling our own story because if we don't do it, who will? Mm -hmm.
1: Completely. And this, yeah, this is for stories you share externally about yourself. And it's also just for internally How do you feel on a day-to-day basis and how is that impacting you and so a takeaway I would give everyone for this episode is just start to be curious and see if you can pick up on some of these stories that you're telling yourself and just ask yourself if they're helping you or not Um, because once you start to become aware of that and also if you look for evidence it's like okay this is a story I'm telling myself but where's the evidence that this is actually rooted in truth and if you can't find evidence it's probably a story that your mind made up and then you have an opportunity to change that story. So that's something that I think literally everyone can benefit from, whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're just a person living your life. Um, Take a look at those things.
0: Mm -hmm. Literally, it's not not too far to draw a line down the middle of a page. One side's fact, one side's fiction. What do you know for sure? And what are you telling Mm -hmm. yourself? And you'll see how big one column is and really how small the other is. Yep,
1: yep, exactly. So should we wrap it there? Let's do it. Should we save everyone's ears and stop rambling?
0: <laughs> hey, we're telling good we're telling stories. Sorry,
1: sorry, you guys loved this episode because it was so good. We did great. We t-
0: Yeah, talk about internal stories, Emma.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, until next week, have a wonderful week. Oh, and if you made it this far in the episode, go to our latest Instagram post and let us know what brands you think do a really good job of storytelling. We are always on the lookout.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we really are. And who knows, maybe we can even bring some of them on the podcast and talk to them about storytelling and how they crafted that message. So like Emma mentioned, get over to Instagram, tag your brands, and we'll follow up with them afterwards. And
1: have a great week.